1: Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And, you know, i tell you, Michelle, I am so excited. I'm so excited. First of all, this is Black History Month. Uh-huh. And uh, we're not going to ever stop saying that because uh, uh, that's so important to the legacy uh, that uh African Americans have laid uh and that uh the achievements that uh, we all have worked hard, not just african American but all americans and they have to be recognized and the accomplishments I believe are so important uh that we recognize all of these great achievements, especially tonight michelle
3: especially tonight, you know um I'm just really, not only just excited, but very touched and very just overwhelmed by the story we read and the topic we're going to discuss tonight and the people involved. I mean, history, this is history. And our guests tonight are going to share uh, one of the most important factors of History.
2: And this story has been lingering, I believe, uh look looking doing our research for over seventy five years. <laughs> and uh you know, I, I believe that uh these type of accomplishments and uh we, we primarily gonna focus on uh the women. Uh not just that but history. And we're gonna talk about tonight the six triple eight. <laughs> You know, I tell you, no mail, no morale. And we're going to talk about all of those things uh, shortly. Uh, but, uh, Chris, just like I always say, it's important that history be understood regardless of whether it's good or bad. We need to understand where we came from in order for us to move forward and have some healing and just learn to love each other, not hate. Well said. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, I uh, got to introduce my absolutely fantastic co-host that, you know, you just heard her talk, but I didn't introduce her by name. Uh, that's Michelle Cooley. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good.
2: You know, we're, we're coming, normally we're in California, but we're coming from uh uh our Dallas home studio not uh, uh our Beltline studio in Dallas and um it's just an absolute pleasure and I wanna get this thing started and again listen on if you want to be part of this great conversation if you want to be part of this great conversation what's that number Michelle? one eight
3: eight eight three four four eleven seventy it is one eight 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 three four
2: four eleven seventy. Michelle Let's get this thing started. First of all, can you please introduce the title of today's show?
3: Yes. The title of today's show is the Six Eight Eight Eighth Central Postal Directory Battalion, known as the 6888.
2: What about the purpose of the show?
3: purpose of the show is getting to know the background of award-winning executive writer independent filmmaker director producer james theris retired program coordinator interviewer alva moore stevenson and accounting coordinator rosenda moore and talk about the documentary the six triple eight and the soldiers in the unit have a conversation with the doors of one of the soldiers who was in the unit and discuss the special recognitions the soldiers have received
2: wow you know um I believe that we need to get this thing started. Uh, uh, first of all, let's introduce a uh, Jim first, or uh, uh, James, and let's, let's let's do that first.
3: Yes, James William Ferris is an award-winning executive writer at the National Cemetery Administration, Department of Veterans Affairs, in Washington, D.C. He has received 10 Veterans Affairs National Awards for speech writing, feature writing, event planning, and media affairs. As an independent filmmaker, he has written, directed, and produced three documentary films, The 30th of May, Hello Girls, and The Six Triple Eight. His films have received over 40 filmmaking awards and have appeared on Mississippi, Kansas, and Wisconsin Public Television and on national PBS. His work has screened at film festivals in the United States, England, India, South America, and Taiwan, and at public institutions such as the Women in Military Service to America Museum, the National Archives in Washington, D.C., National W.W. One museum in Kansas City and many more. The six triple A in the Hello Girls documentaries have inspired Congress to submit legislation for both groups of women to receive the Congressional Gold Medal. He has a B.A. in history from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater and an M.B.A. from Cardinal Stritch University and an M.A. in history from Jackson State University. James is a Persian Gulf War U.S. Army veteran. The James Cooley Show It's Your Life welcomes James William Ferris. Oh
2: James uh how you how you doing but i, I want to tell uh whoever's on that uh somebody got their facebook up or their zoom up and it's going to mess up the uh so you have to go you, you have to uh, go mute uh or whoever that might be uh because it's feedback and it's going to affect the show so uh, uh can everybody please uh, go uh, mute I'm on their zoom one sure. Go
4: okay so unmute. mute
2: Okay. So, uh, and, and anybody else that might be there uh, can can they go mute as well? Mute. Uh, you know. So. Uh, wow. Uh, we we might have to just uh, uh, get away from Zoom a uh, period and just just go with the uh, audio. You know. So. Uh, hey, Jim. Can you tell our listening audience? uh a little bit uh about you we already have talked about you being in the army uh but uh can you can you tell our this Rosenda? Rosenda, rosinda need to go mute <laughs> uh can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit about you and um um uh, uh why are we celebrating black history month with uh, the store uh six triple a
4: yeah uh First, I say, J.C. and Michelle, what a what a pleasure and honor it is to be on your show. Um, the, the film was screened uh, at the American Legion a, in Hollywood, and then I uh, I, I shouldn't forget the, the lady's name, but she connected me uh, with you two, and then we got all connected, and and uh, it was fantastic. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. You can hear me. Okay. So uh, so yeah, I uh, I, I work, uh, work for the VA. And I really came across filmmaking by accident. Uh, I was at Jackson State University, where I did my first film. By the way, I, was, I, want, I want the audience to know that I was there before uh, Dion Sanders was. But uh, Dion, you know, very proud of what Dion's doing down there at Jackson State and the recruiting he's done and bringing attention to HBCUs around the country. Um, but that's where I got my start at Jackson State University. I was history all the way. Um, and uh, I still call myself a filmmaker uh, second and a historian first. And I came across this one story in deep in Natchez, Mississippi, the 30th of May, about an African-American Memorial Day tradition that dates back to 1866. So we made the film I went with a, a, a guy down there, and uh, we, we filmed the, the whole event. The, the big part of the event is a, is a march to the National Cemetery, uh, which is like five miles, a lot of it uphill. And uh, about five 700 people come out every year to celebrate black military service to the country. So I did that first film, and it just really kind of blew up. It won a lot of awards, and it, and it uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, on Pub- Mississippi, Mississippi Public Television. And then from there, I said, hey, I really like telling history this way. And so I did the Hello, Girls. I kind of stumbled on that by accident. And then the 6888, when I was traveling the country with the Hello, Girls, People kept coming up to me and said, hey, have you heard about these black women from World War II? People are always telling me they got great stories. And I was like, "Eh," but by the third time someone said that I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and the lady finished it off by saying, oh, and by the way, one of the women lives here in Milwaukee. Then I knew there was something to this story. I researched it, and I saw a lot of interviews, a lot of photos, but nothing that was kind of comprehensive from start to finish to tell just the really the basic story because uh, the 6888 women have so much depth. Uh, it's just amazing. So that's how I got into it, and uh, I'm happy I did.
2: Wow. You know, I, I can't wait for us to really dig deep into this and uh, what we're going to do right now because I don't want to ask a question in, in the middle and then we have to take a station break. So, hey, Chris, I know that we are a minute, minute and a half early. Let's take the station break now. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to really get an understanding of this great documentary, 6888. And I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 344 Again, that's one It's your life. I'm James Cooley. And we'll be back shortly after the break.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley show, It's Your Life. And the
1: new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream at the new audio version of country boy city boy a journey that ain't over yet by james cooley
5: on amazon.com or wherever audio books are sold the jc cooley foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in october of 2014 the jc cooley foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth young adults and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host,
2: James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, uh, this is some serious history that we're talking about. And um and I tell you we, we got a lot of folks that's listening in and uh Pastor Pierce, thank you for this sharing that information about April the 30th uh, Washington D.C. The United States Senate Senate uh, unanimously passed uh, uh, the six uh, AAA, and I'm I'm not catching all of it right now because I don't want to read the whole thing. But uh, it's it's amazing that uh, we we have Jim here and we got uh, uh, these two young ladies that uh, who mother uh, served in that unit. And uh, I tell you. Uh, Listen, audience. If you want to be part of this great conversation, we can ready to get off into the documentary. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Jim, can you tell us about the documentaries six triple eight, and how did you come across? And I know you told your story a little bit, uh, but uh, can can you just go in detail because so we want to want to get the uh, gist uh, of this? Yeah. Uh,
4: so. So when I finally, after I was going, as I mentioned, touring with the Hello Girls, uh, I finally was convinced that this was a story worth pursuing. And uh, so then I went into heavy research mode. Uh, Who were these women? And I, I, you know, we need to talk about this because, you know, I knew that that as a a white male that I needed uh, to make sure that I had the appropriate people around me to make sure that I, that I was doing things that, that portrayed the women in the way it needed, they needed to be portrayed as black women. So I had uh, two producers who are both in the film, retired Colonel uh, Edna Cummings and uh, retired Master Sergeant um, Elizabeth uh, Helm Fraser, And they really kept, kept me on the straight and narrow and, and made sure that I didn't fall into the stereotypes. Of black women, and one of them was, is there was a scene in there where um, uh, one of the one of the ladies, the, the brigadier general, talks about um, you know the, the women being being uh, uh, abuse, kinda abused, abused kind of at the at the uh, at, while they were training, and uh, I thought I thought I wanted to at that time I was going to pan to a bunch of different uh faces women's faces black women's faces who are in the film and and create you know do what hollywood might do and create a scene that wasn't really there and i was going to have them show angry faces right well edna said to me jim i'll tell you what you're the director um you do what you, you know but let me give you a piece of advice she said go and look back at all the footage that you've taken go look at the archival footage and if you find angry black women there then do it your way. And I did that and guess what JC and Michelle? I didn't find angry black women. I found women who were so proud of the work that they did. Were so part were so happy to be part of the solution of male that it really, you know, we fall into stereotypes all the time. And that's one of the great things about this movie for me, this film documentary for me is that every day, like today I will learn something about women and the culture. And, you know, I I say one more thing. I I saw a segment the other day and this goes back to my point where someone asked uh, Denzel Washington about a film that he just did or, Someone asked, a reporter asked him the question, said, well, could anyone of another color do this film? And Denzel said, you know, it's not about color. It's about culture. And so that's what i learned as much as anything in this film is that if you're going to reach out as a director, then make sure that you've got people around you that that understand the story, that are in part of that culture – and uh, then you'll be able to make a good film. So that's kind of how I got started. That's how we got things rolling. We went across the country and uh, interviewed different women. Alva and Alvin Rosenda, we interviewed in uh, at uh, Fort Leavenworth in Kansas,
3: and it just all came together. And we did it did it all in about eight months. Wow, Jim, can you kind of tell us why are they called the Six Triple Eight, and what was their mission? Yeah. Uh, So the name
4: of the unit, uh, the official Army uh, title is 6888 Central Postal Directory Battalion. That's a mouthful. So I I, I, I didn't know that they called themselves the 6888 until I was watching some archival footage. And in there, I saw four women in a row to include the commander, Charity Adams, say, yup, we were called the 6888. We called ourselves the 6888. And that's when I said... That's the name of the movie, because that's what the women called themselves.
2: Wow. You know, I I, uh, (laughs) this is so exciting. I want to get the ladies involved in this. Uh, And um, Michelle, can you please introduce uh, both of these young ladies to our listening audience?
3: Yes, Alva Moore Stevenson. Alva Moore Stevenson is a retired program coordinator and interviewer in UCLA Library Special Collections and Center for Oral History Research. Her 37-year career focused on collections and oral histories related to African Americans in Los Angeles. In addition, her research interests are the history of blacks in Mexico and historical and genealogical connections between Afro-Mexicans and African Americans. Rosenda Moore. Rosenda Elizabeth Moore is Accounting Coordinator for the Finance Department and Museum of Contemporary Art Los Angeles for the past 30 years. Focus on recording of income, expenses, record-keeping, document research for an organization with a multi-million dollar budget, representing a world-renowned art collection spanning from 1940s through today's emerging artists. The James Cooley Show welcomes Alva Moore Stevenson and Rosenda Moore.
2: Alva and Rosenda, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You you, you all must both be so proud. I mean, I am, and I'm just learning the story. <laughs> and uh, Jim, as I read uh, through this, uh, y- you put together uh, a tremendous uh, 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 portion of this, and making sure that uh, that I got out. But uh, Alva and Rosenda, I gotta ask you all: uh, Can you tell our listening audience? First of all, let's let's go with you, Rolinda, uh Where uh, you grew up, and how was it like growing up and where you grew up?
7: Well, we grew up. Uh, Alvin and I grew up in the city of Los Angeles. You know, it's a big, multicultural city. Um, probably even more, a lot more so now than even then. But but even then, this neighborhood that we grew up in, it was, I'd say, at the time, seventy-five percent African American and probably 25% Japanese-Americans in this area. And then we're close to other areas. There are a lot of Mexican-American immigrants. There are people from other Asian countries. You know, there are Christians, Jews, you know, we occasionally met people who are Muslim. So, you know, this is this big city life like L.A. or New York, there's uh, people that come here from literally all over the world, you know. What? and kind of mixed together so so it was exciting it's it's an exciting place to live and also it was a good time to grow up um alva you know she was born in the 50s i was born in in the early 60s so that was our time period growing up 60s and 70s
2: wow uh alva can can you tell us about your mother uh linda thornton can you uh lydia (laughs) lydia
8: okay well um, our mother, uh, was born in Nogales, Arizona, um, uh, 1922. Um, her father was African American, um, who migrated to Mexico in the early 1900s, where he met our grandmother, uh, Francito, um, and she was from the state of Sinaloa, and, uh, my, Grandfather was looking for work which he did find. Um he quickly learned learned Spanish. Um and worked as a foreman on the railroad. My you know our grandmother uh was a cook and a nursemaid uh in the army of General Elias Cayas uh during the Mexican Revolution. So they migrated from Mexico, you know, back to Nogales, Arizona where they raised my mother and her siblings.
3: Rosenda, why did your mother join the United States Army? Well, um, my my sister Alva was able to find out a lot more than
7: I did. Um, The only thing she actually told me when I was a teenager is, well, I just wanted to leave my small town in Nogales, Arizona. And She she didn't really talk about it, Um, but when Alva was, Uh, more for information when she was working on her master's thesis um, uh, at UCLA during her time there um, my mother told her that she was inspired to join because her brother Daniel um, was serving and he was injured and she thought you know I want to do my part for this country I want to serve in the war effort and that was the start of wow. her journey and she was 19 years old
2: wow you know this question uh, alva uh, i got to ask it and uh, as an african american latino she had the option to join the white women army corps or the black uh, women army corps why do you think uh, your mother chose to join the black women army corps
4: um well,
8: she identified more strongly as African-American. Her father um, made sure that, you know, he, this is back maybe in the 30s, 40s, he subscribes uh, in that small town. He made sure he subscribed to the African-American newspapers and, mag- newspapers and magazines of the day, and he also cooked. Uh, the soul food that he'd been brought up with. He just, you know, uh, made sure that, you know, his children were brought up in the culture. And I think I, I think that had a, a lot to do with it, you know, as to why she would join, you know, the um, uh, black unit as opposed to the white unit. It's interesting that she was given that choice And Rosemba and I can only speculate that it was because of her light complexion. And she, you know, also was a native Spanish speaker. So she spoke with an accent, but, you know, purely speculation.
2: Wow. You know, I tell you, uh, the more we talk about that, the more excited I get. But we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back and we're going to continue this great conversation. And we're going to delve deeper and find out a little bit more about 6AAA. And listen, audience, if you want to be part of this great conversation, again, that's 1-888-344-117. Again, that's one 888 It's your life. We'll be back shortly after the break.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet,
2: as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who think they're stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, A journey
5: The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution.
1: Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more. It's your life. Now here's your host, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I just want to remind uh, everybody we're talking about six AAA, no mail, low morale. And I'm, I'm just going to read just uh, uh, a little bit. On February the third, nineteen forty-five, the United States Army sent over eight hundred black women overseas to England aboard the SS. I think that's lead to France, uh, this mission was unknown to them. And so, uh, and so we're talking about this great documentary that uh, Jim has put together, and we're also talking to two of uh, these young ladies that uh, the mother was a part of that unit. Uh, so just setting the foundation that, uh, wow, this is a, a, a moment in history. And if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one uh, Again, that's one
3: Jim, how were the women selected, and how many black women were in the unit, and where did their training take place?
4: 855 women were in the unit. And <clears throat> actually, uh, the women were kind of handpicked by Dr. Mary McLeod Bassoon, um, who, prior to the war, had spent her time in the 30s and 40s advocating for black women. And she picked them right out of colleges and and, and picked them right out of the, the WAC training. So um, by the time—and Charity had a, Adams, the commander, was handpicked, And they trained down at Fort Overthorpe for a couple of weeks uh, in Georgia, and then uh, they shipped off uh, overseas via the Ile you know, de
3: France, and uh, the rest is all history. All history. Great.
8: Well, wow.
3: wow. oh, when did they sail to Europe, and also where did they serve overseas? Yes. Uh, what's really nice
4: is being on the show today. Is that they sailed February 12, nineteen forty-five. So to your listeners, it was only five five days ago uh, in nineteen forty-five that they sailed. They landed in Glasgow, Scotland, on February fourteenth and then they took a train to birmingham england and that was their first duty station for three months they completed the mission there which was sorting the mail uh by the way it was 17 million pieces of mail they sorted hand sorted in three months uh they did it so well uh, the army didn't expect them to do it that well and so they said okay now you're going over to rouen france uh to do the same mission there well by that time the war in europe was over and uh, uh
2: the women started rotating home wow ava this question is for you ava i keep i mean, you know i i'm i'm bad at names and i just want no to problem. say i, mean, I apologize no uh but uh your mom kept a photo book of her time overseas what is in it <laughs>
8: okay well she brought back i think we uh have four boxes actually of photos And so there were photos of parts of France that had been bombed out. One photo in particular, you could see the smoke rising. There were lots of pictures of other women with whom they served in the 6888. And then there were all these pictures of servicemen who were there. I believe it was at Rouen, France that were actually there to greet the women. And uh, so they befri- befriended a lot of these servicemen. Um, there's um, three that come to mind. They were Old, Old Olden, O.C., and Ennis Cooper. They were triplets mm-hmm. serving in World War II, and they were originally from, I believe it was Hempstead, Texas. And uh send and I actually uh would like to learn more about you know some of these soldiers uh, because again it's a part of you know our American history that a lot not too many people know about the extent to which blacks and the you know in the various military branches you know served in world war two it's you know it's um it might be a little strong but it's almost like it's parts of history that's been erased you know (laughs) just by omission but you know those were the pictures you know and then pictures of uh, herself and her best friend was named maudie taylor so there were several you know pictures of you know her and her best friend beautiful pictures
2: wow you know uh in the documentary, your mother is singing in one of those old sound booths in Spanish. <laughs> that must have been an extraordinary discovery. Can you tell our uh, listeners a little bit about that?
7: Oh yes, that that was really wonderful. We found that just in amongst the boxes of pictures, and uh, there were a few things, what well, mementos that they were given, you know, serving in the trip to H. And then there were these two little small records, and I forget what they're called voiceographs or something like that. And um, actually, a friend of mine that grew up overseas. When I when I mentioned it to him, he said, "Oh, he said like we have photo booths here in the United States, you know, at amusement parks and place like that. You take pictures with your friends, you know, three of them on a little strip." Um, he said it was the same concept, only. It was, you could make a recording and, you know, send that to someone back home that you missed. And so she was overseas and uh, her high school boyfriend was over there also. He was also serving military. We don't know exactly where, but they were somewhere in the same spot at some point overseas. And one of them, one of the records, we didn't, you know, we couldn't hear too much. I think it was him and his friend speaking. But the other one, he asked uh, her to sing, and she sings that old Spanish song, Bésame Mucho, and it it was just, it was amazing. I thought, this is my 19-year-old mother, like, and, you know, and she's serving overseas, and, you know, this whole life I I had experiences serving our country that I never knew about. It was was beautiful. It was touching to really... To to hear that, you know, Alvin and I just really it just totally warmed our hearts. It was wonderful.
3: Wow, that must have you know seen a different side of your mother, and just you know just yes. be so proud of you know who she was, who she is. Jim, I, I want to go back to you. Can you tell us or discuss what obstacles did these women have to overcome, and how did they overcome them?
4: Yeah, uh, so the obvious racism sexism and uh, of course at times the Nazis right but um, how you know that's such a great question and I think anyone that watches the film would be remiss if they if they missed this part about the women how did they overcome this with extraordinary leadership management and sticking together that's how they overcame it uh, these these women, when they went to Birmingham, England, they no one would really help them. So they had to set up their own city, and they did it. And then when they went to France, they had to set up their own city, transportation, food, all that stuff. So that's how they overcome it, overcame it. They pushed those isms to the background. They focused on their work and uh, extraordinary leadership. I think that's the answer.
2: Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I can't wait to watch this documentary. I'm just going to be honest with you. And, uh, uh, Alva, I, I got to ask this question uh, real quickly. We got by 90 seconds uh, before the, the break. <laughs> what did your mother do after the war? And I know that your mother served as an interpreter at the 1992 Olympics, uh, L.A. Olympics. Uh, she
8: did well um, after the war, and you know, she went home see her parents and then she followed her girl her friend uh Carmen Patton who had already come out here to Los Angeles so she came out here and she met our father Alfred at the Department of Water and Power uh, they were both working the, working the night shift um and when my sister got into junior high school, she actually went back to college and for her bilingual teaching credential and became a teacher. And uh, she was, I think, one of the most amazing parts of what she did uh, was she was almost like an informal social worker helping Latina and Afro-Latina women Uh, with such things as, you know, how to go through the citizenship process, you know, life skills like, you know, driving, going back to school. And, um, you know, those were, you know, she was also a coal worker for probably, you know, at least, you know, more than 10 years in her neighborhood. Hold
2: hold, hold that thought. We got to take a station break, but we're going to come back. We're going to pick this up you know okay. <laughs> so i i, I really want to touch on this a little bit more and i tell you listen audience uh this is such an amazing story and jim thank you for doing this and putting this together and i tell you if you want to be part of this conversation it's not too late to call in one 888 344 again that's one 344 it's your life we'll be back shortly after the break
5: It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community.
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life.
2: Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. Uh, I'm James Cooley, and we're talking about uh, 6AAA, Central Postal uh, Directory Battalion, and... uh, it was uh, over 800 i think 855 uh, uh, uh african american women uh, that spent uh at, at least 11 days uh, on a boat uh, dodging uh german u boats and uh they finally landed uh in uh, glasgow scotland and this is such an amazing story that uh I'm so intrigued, I cannot wait to watch the documentary. So listen to audience. You want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Uh over, uh real quickly, uh ninety second or less, uh can you uh uh finish uh telling us about your mother, uh what what she did after the war and uh I'm I'm interested in that, uh uh serving as an interpreter at the 1992 Olympic LA Olympics games.
8: Well, she heard that they needed security detail at Alexander Hamilton High School where the boxing team was training, and so she, you know, answered the call, um, and in particular she mentioned um, how delighted she was to act as an interpreter for some of the Spanish-speaking boxers, um, which was, uh, for her, I think it was actually um, uh, a, little, a nice extra because that's something that she was called on to do even when she was in the service uh, for, you know, Spanish-speaking servicemen or, you know, in that capacity.
3: Wow. Jim, the 6AAA and the Hello Girls documentaries have inspired Congress to submit legislation for both groups of women to receive the Congressional Gold Medal, the nation's highest honor. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to all of you? Let's start with Jim. Oh, man.
4: Uh, I got some great news to share with the audience on your show tonight, uh, J.C. Michelle. uh, The Senate passed the bill last year, and the House needed 290 co-sponsors. And they've got them now. And the the bill, uh, I think, is going to vote at the end of the month. And once the House passes it, then it goes over to the president for signature. And the the women of the 6888 will be recipients of the Congressional Gold Medal. Um, The first one was given to George Washington in 1775. So that's how significant it is of an honor. Tuskegee Airmen. Mountain Point Marine, all have gotten this. And the six Triple Eight women will be not only the first um, black woman as a unit to receive this, but they will be the only one because there will never be a segregated unit like there was in 1945. So they were historic in 1945, and they came circling right back again in 2022 to be historic again. Got to love them.
2: Wow. The Congressional Black Caucus presented a certificate of special congressional recognition regarding this documentary. Uh, Jim, uh, can you talk a little bit about that one? And rosin I want you to talk about that one as well.
4: Yeah, that was a real that was a real honor. That was uh, they invited us to screen the film, and in D.C. and we went to this historic. Um, African-American uh, museum that predated the bigger one that's there now, very intimate audience, but a great museum. And uh, we screened it there, and I did not know, there was a following night that we had to go to Congress, the Capitol building, and there was this room and the Congressional Black Caucus members, several of them were there. And I was just there to to um, to witness that. And then at the end, the CX888 was the last certificate they presented and the audience, there's maybe a hundred people in the audience, crazy. Like six, triple eight. Yeah, man. It felt so good that, that they so embraced, uh, that film, man. It was, it was a special, special night.
2: Wow. Uh, w- what are your thoughts or Rosenda?
7: That was really exciting for Alvin and us to hear about that also. It's, it's wonderful. After all these decades upon decades, um, for um, the ladies to get that recognition. And it's it's just been a wonderful, a wonderful journey. And I actually have to thank our cousin, Jeff Williams. He's actually the one that kind of, uh, I guess, really got us started on his journey. He contacted Alba and let us know that um, he'd seen on the local news that um, there was going to be a monument to the 6888. Um, put up in Fort Leavenworth, right next to uh, where there's an existing Buffalo Soldier monument, and you know, gave us the uh, contact information they'd mentioned on the news, and you know, the rest was history. You know, Al and I were in contact with Commander Philpott, and um, you know, as they got close to monument being finished, and they were planning the commemoration events um, that they held there. And we were able to travel down there, and um, our cousin Jeff joined us, and also our cousin Susie, who is um, the daughter of our uncle Billy, and he was another person who served in later years in the military, also. So it was it was a really really great honor to be there and to meet some of the women who are still alive. Um, that was that was wonderful, and we had a really great experience meeting Jim and. He interviewed us for the documentary, and I was really excited to learn they were, you know, doing this film about them. So, and that that was wonderful to see the the completed film. You know, we've, we've seen it several times. It's it's wonderful to hear from the women and the interviews with uh, Major Charity Adams. That was that was wonderful. It was mm-hmm. wonderful to hear from her, and it, it was it was really great. It's, wow. The whole thing's just wonderful, I'm, I'm glad it's come full circle and. And you know, this close to getting the Congressional Gold Medal for them would be just wonderful.
2: Absolutely fantastic. And we're down to about the last little bit, uh, two minutes of the show. Alva, uh, I want you yes. to tell our listening audience what do you want the world to know about Six Triple A and the soldier Lydian Thorne?
8: Well, what I would like them to know is that um they were determined um they there was you know a two and a half this two and a half year little backlog of mail that the military could not figure out how to get that mail to the servicemen and women and they went in you know they figured out how to do it strategically professionally, efficiently, and doing it in half the time than what the, you know, the military had given them, and I think it's just extraordinary, but I think it um, really represents the same kind of um, resilience as African American people dating back to as long as we've been on these shores. Um, and, you know, especially in these times right now that we've been experiencing these last few years, um, I think what I've found is actually a few surprises along the way. One that, you know, the lead senator who has really shepherded, you know, the whole effort in, uh, you know, getting... Uh, the legislation
2: for the, you know, the gold medal is medals the medal to Republicans. You know, well, and it also you know I, I tell you, we, we're down to the last 40 uh, seconds. And I want to hear more, Jim, uh, Alva, Rosenda. I want to hear more about this. I hope we can do a follow-up. But I want to thank yeah. you all so much. And, hey, Jim, real quickly, how can people uh, watch the movie, get the movie, 30, 15 seconds or less because I don't want to get cut off. How can they, how can they get it cut I want to see it.
4: We're having some public screenings in February and March and how about I send you the link? Okay. Uh, to those the screens, and you can push them up. Is
2: okay, I tell you what. Hey, thank you guys so much. I want a thumbs up thank because you. I want you guys back. I want to finish talking about this. And I tell you what. Bye thank guys. you so much for taking the time, You're Jim, thank Rosinda, you. Alva. I tell you, I, I like to thank my great uh, co-hosts uh, for uh, always doing heavy lifting, uh, listening audience. We are always looking for sponsors. So we can bring this message. We will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. It's Your life. I'm James Cooley.
5: Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley